Hey, it's Andy from Talking to Teens. It would mean the world to us if you could leave us a five-star review. Reviews on Apple and Spotify help other parents find the show, and that helps us keep the lights on. Thanks for being a listener, and here's the show. You're listening to Talking to Teens, where we speak with leading experts from a variety of disciplines about the art and science of parenting teenagers. I'm your host, Andy Earl. We're here today with Chris Smith, who is the USA Today best-selling author of The Conversion Code. He is the co-founder of Curator, which is one of the fastest growing companies in the United States right now. And he is a total expert in phone sales, how to take someone you've never talked to before and sell them a you know a multi-thousand dollar deal over the course of about 40 minutes. So really, really excited to pick his brain today about this process that he's developed and, and specifically how parents can apply it to, you know, sell things to their teenagers and get their teenagers on board with doing even simple things like cleaning their room or, you know, the bigger things in life as well. So uh, can't wait to jump into all that and more. Chris, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thank you. Happy to be here. Okay, so you're the author of this book, The Conversion Code, and that's how I found out about you. And it's really cool. It's like really a detailed formula for kind of how to go through a sales call and how to, you know, build trust with somebody and then uncover kind of what's motivating them and then how to find where they want your product, right? And so I, as I was reading it, I kept thinking like, man, this stuff would be so applicable with a teenager just because that's kind of always in my head. And then I was really surprised to see that during the book, you actually mentioned specifically your daughter, Maya, and that you use some of these techniques on her. Uh, so then I was like, I got to bring this guy on the podcast. So I'm really interested to hear all about that. But first, can you just tell us a little bit about your story and what led you to develop this technique and, and write it down? Sure, yeah, man. I, I was working in sales for a decade, and when you're in phone sales, it's very difficult, like d- dialing for dollars. And, you know, at one of my jobs, it was called Dial America. And it was literally okay. just like, here's the phone book, like, go call everyone. And it's really <laughs> hard. So, you know, for most of us that are in sales, we, we develop these techniques out of a need of necessity. Two, two reasons. One is we want to make money. You know, that's why we're in sales. But two is it's, it's kind of a miserable existence if you get told no all day. You know, like it, it's already hard to just kind of dial all day. And then if no one buys from you, it's really a tough life. So a lot of the tactics and tips and techniques are really meant to keep the conversation going. Finish the conversation strong. Start the conversation properly. It, it's not so much a script as it is a framework for how to get what you want at the end of the talk. Yeah. And so you seem to have developed your own kind of special formula for how to do this. And it seems like you've clearly put a lot of time into kind of experimenting and tweaking and developing this technique that you've got here. So I'm curious how that kind of like came about. Yeah. I mean, a lot of it was from, I actually worked for two billionaires. So I worked for a billionaire (laughs) that was a boy band mogul. His name was Lou Pearlman. And he okay. was the guy that discovered Britney Spears. He discovered NSYNC. 
And I ended up also working for a guy named Dan Gilbert. He's another billionaire. He's the guy that owns the Cleveland Cavs, and he's the guy that started Quicken Loans. So when you go into these boiler rooms, they usually will give you a script. They'll say, hey, we've had a lot of people make these calls before you got hired. Here's what they said. And it's kind of fake, right? Because you can't just grab a piece of paper and be like, okay, so uh, please buy a loan from me today. Thanks. Like, <laughs> it doesn't really work like that, but I would say that with, with anything in life, there's usually a framework or there's usually someone that has come before you that yeah, has gone yeah. through that difficult conversation. Like, you know, I'm going to have to have some really hard talks with my kids soon. Uh, yeah. you know, uncomfortable conversations about puberty and about boys and girls and like, there's so much help out there to yeah. like, podcasts like yours. And, you know, whether it's a book like mine, like, I just feel like the answer to every question we have is now available on the Internet, in a book, on a podcast. And really what I've done is I've become a student of the game. You know, mm. if selling stuff is important to you, you'll put a lot of time into it. Well, if sure. having a great relationship with your kids is important to you, you got to put a lot of time into it. And let's be honest, man, these teens, they're talking to the phone more than they're talking to a person. You know, they're texting and typing more than they're talking. They're more interested in Snapchat than sales. So it does create (laughs) some challenges if you're, you know, late 30s like me or in your 40s or 50s and you're trying to speak to these kids and they got new lingo and new words and, they, you know, it's lit. You know, like, I don't even know what half the stuff is they say. So I, I understand the challenge of trying to communicate with kids. Uh, but this whole digital era really made it harder. Yeah, totally did. But I like what you say. And it reminds me of that quote by Isaac Newton that we stand on the shoulders of giants. You know, there's people who came before us who have solved a lot of these problems already. And so we can at least start from where they got to and try to build on top of that. And so just becoming a student, I think, is so important. And clearly you have become a student of sales and sales techniques. Well, you actually kind of break it up. So you recommend kind of having the first half of the conversation and uncovering what the person's kind of really deep motivations are and then maybe taking a break and then coming back and having the the second half where you kind of then work out the deal with them and do that whole thing. So could you just kind of explain that a little more and kind of walk us through that? Yeah, for sure. So in sales, you know, everybody wants to talk about themselves, you know, oh, my product, my company, my background, my, you know, my customers that already bought it, that love it. And what the best salespeople do is they listen. Mm-hmm. And the, the idea is that if you're going to help someone solve a problem, you have to know what it is. And you don't, you can't understand someone's problem unless you listen to them. So a lot of salespeople, they have like, kind of a arrogant or their personality is very type A, you know, they, they're the alpha, sure. right? And yeah, what yeah. the best people do for the first 20 minutes of a call, we make it all about the other person. It's not about us. It's not about what we want. It's about what are their goals? Like one of the things I use is called the digging deep technique. You yeah. know, when you ask someone like, hey, what are you guys going to go do this weekend? Oh, we're going to go see a movie. Like a lot of parents would stop right there. And I would say, oh, what movie are you guys going to go to? Oh, we're going to see the Avengers. Why you choose that one? Which theater are you going to? Who all's going? Did you already book your tickets? Like really good, you know, questions after the first question. Yeah. You know, a lot yeah. of times people, especially like when you're on the phone, they don't want to 
they don't want to give you everything. You know, people are very standoffish against salespeople. So you'll ask them this really big, deep question, you know, hey, what are your goals, you know, in, in investing in this product? Oh, I don't know. Just curious. Like, right, right. You got to be able to go like, oh, how long have you been curious? Did you look on the internet or did you hear about us through word of mouth? Ah. And then it's like, oh, I heard about it through word of mouth. Oh, cool. Who's the person that told you about us? I want to say thank you to them. And then it's like, oh, Susie told me. Oh, how do you know Susie? Like, I could go forever. You know what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. You don't get to their true goal. And so a lot of times uh, salespeople that are bad, they, they just take those surface level answers. And they just kind of keep going. They don't go deeper and deeper. Think about this. Yeah, you might have a teenager right. now, but you used to have a five-year-old. You used to have a three-year-old, right? Yeah. Three-year-olds are great at this. Hey, Daddy, can I can I watch TV? No. Why not? Because it's too late. Why? 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 Kids dig deep. They always want to know, why yeah, can't I? Why yeah, do I need yeah. to clean my room? Why am I getting grounded? So kids <laughs> always do it naturally, and then we stop doing it when we get older. Ah, yeah, we feel it's like intrusive or something. That's so interesting. But okay, so I want to back up even a little bit before that, because what struck me when I was reading your book and the, the example that you put in with your daughter, you just did this, was, well, with your daughter, we'll get to that later. That was called a feature benefit tie down. But what I noticed that you did was uh, you tied the act of cleaning the room to something that she wanted, which was having her friend come over. And so I think there's a fundamental step before, you know, you, you get into any of this, like st even start digging deep is like what direction you start digging is like you need to start with something that your teenager wants. You know, you're if you're trying to sell something to them. You it has to be an exchange somehow. Like you have to be showing them how this thing that you're selling them will help them get something that they want. And, and it can be something as simple as like maybe even if they seem like they want nothing. I don't know. They want money. They want friends. They want, I don't know, right? Like there's, there's something, uh, with your daughter. It was just having a friend come over, right? And it, it was as simple as that. So it's like, I think it's like depending on what we're trying to sell our teenager on, we need to first come up with a thing that they want that we can kind of like use to show them how doing this thing that we want them to do will help them get that. Yeah, I don't say it this way in my book, but as you're talking through it, I think an easy way to think about it would be like, oh, you want something? Well, I need something, right? Yeah. You want, I need. I know what you want. I know what I need. I can help you get what you want if you help me get what I need. It's not that complicated, but it's got to be that yeah. symbiotic relationship. And in sales, that's my job, right? Like I have to show that like, there's going to be value to you in buying. It's not just that I get a commission check. Yeah. But parents, right, it's too often like, okay, you need to clean your room, right? It's like we want them to do something. And so the, the entire conversation is, hey, you need to do this thing or you need to stop doing this thing that you're doing or your grades need to come up or you need to whatever. And so it, it, I think it's easy to get into a place of not talking in terms of those kind of back and forths and, and those kind of well, how can achieve their goals. There's a great book called Start With Why. Okay? Yeah. Why do you want them to clean their room? Why do they want to go to the movies? Why do they want a car, right? And it's usually not the, the first answer. You know, it, it's not usually like, like you don't want your kid to clean their room just to make it clean, right? Like your goal right, is that they're right responsible and so that they like condition themselves to do tasks that they don't like to do because that's the real world right like totally you know, so yeah there's a value like there cleaning your room you know while it's like you got a 15 year old boy you're trying to get him a clean stinky room 
you know, you might be better off to connect that. So, like, do you honestly think any of these girls are ever going to want to date you if your room stinks? <laughs> so it's like you have to sort of, like, think about what do they want. You know, they don't want to yeah. clean their room, but they want to go on dates. They want to they wanna be cool to their friends. They want to be popular on social media. Like, you realize how many people on Instagram would stop following you if they saw how nasty your room was? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you got you to, gotta like, think about it like Velcro. I like that. And so we get that kind of thing that they want. And then we dig deep in terms of like what that thing is to them or what that means to them or why they would want it. Then how do we kind of like use the digging deep technique to uncover? Because in your book, then later on, when you're uh, kind of closing and you're packaging the whole kind of deal together with them, you come back to these things that you discovered during the digging deep phase, right? Yeah. Well, you asked like the 20, 20, 20, right? The idea would be I want to spend some time listening to you about what you want. And then I'm going to go take some time and think about my answer. And then I'm going to come back and tell you what my answer yeah, is, yeah. right? So what we're doing is we're creating that buffer in the middle so that I know and you know that we're not going to come to a conclusion during this first little part, right? This first part of our conversation, uh... I want to make sure I'm listening to what your goals are. But I'm not committing to them. I need to go think about it, and then I'm going to come back to you with my answer. And, and when you take it that way, there's way less fighting because you're not telling them that you're going to come to a conclusion or give them your answer. You're just right, listening, right. listen to them so that you can make a decision. My entire objective here is just to listen to you and understand you better. Yeah, that's really powerful. So you recommend kind of setting that up with them from the beginning so that they know that that's kind of what you're going to do. Yeah, and then, you know, on a sales call, we have we were like taking notes, right? We would write down their answers, but for the most part, you know, these lightweight interactions. And what you do is you take what you learn during the digging deep, and then you put it into a technique called the five yeses. So you spend the 20 minutes, and you figure out what their goals are and what they want from you. You go back right. for 20 minutes and think about your answer, right? And then when you come back, you say, you know what? I know earlier you said you really want to go to the movies this weekend, right? And you want to go see Avengers, right? And you want your three friends to go with you, right? Okay, well, here's what I want. So it's called the five yeses. Uh, like, yeah, 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 yeah. Say yes, 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 yes. And then it's like, okay, and you'll be home by midnight, right? Right. Okay. <laughs> so you're trying to get that yes that you want. But the way you get it is by getting them to listen and say, oh, you know what? Yeah, hey, my dad was listening earlier. He didn't just hear that I wanted to go to the movies and listen. He knew that I wanted to go to the movies with John in Winter Park and see the Avengers. That's a different level of listening. And so ah. when I come into the conversation, hey, so earlier you said A, B, C, and D, right? Okay, cool. Well, here's what I've come up with. That makes them feel like you heard them. You know, yeah. that, think, think like at a restaurant, like when you eat out and you have a server and let's say you're at a, a, a party of eight. Yeah, and totally. Steakhouse and the server's like, so what can I get you? And you're like, I want the filet medium rare with this. And then, then I want the T-bone, you know, well done. Like, and if the server is not writing down what your order, you start getting worried. Like, are you going to remember? Totally. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. They remember everything. So. <laughs> What a great server does, right, is they're like, okay, cool. So you want the steak medium rare with a side of asparagus. Got it. They yeah. were the order back. So that's yeah, sort of yeah, what yeah. you're doing with the five yeses. You're just 
literally repeating back what they told you earlier. Yeah, I was listening to you. I totally, I got it all right. And then, uh, and then it also has the added benefit of kind of conditioning them to that yes response and that uh, yes, 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 and kind of like get to, to the thing. Up and down. And it's kind of hard to switch to a no, you know? It's yeah, like, yeah. There's there's all those studies like showing that, yeah, yeah, just, just by getting someone to kind of physicalize it or getting them to smile or getting them to nod, that does make them more, puts them in a state of acquiescence and makes them more likely to kind of capitulate uh, later on in the process, which is cool. So, but okay. So even, so even this example is pretty simple. Your kid wants to go to the movies and see the Avengers this weekend. So how deep would you dig in that, you know, I mean, are, do we, we're trying to uncover like the su- subconscious motivations leading your child to seek seeing the Avengers, or are we just trying to uncover kind of like what time they want to go or how deep do we dig? I think it's a little bit of both. You, you, the way I try to explain it is you want to uncover the logical and emotional reasons, right? So the uh, logical reasons are my friends are going, you know, or it starts at 11 or it's not rated R. Like that's kind of the logic. The emotion is usually like, you know, if I don't go, my friends are going to make fun of me or, you know, I'm, yeah, I'm not yeah. going to be as cool because I don't go. And, and then, and then when they're talking about it tomorrow, I won't have, I won't be in on it because I won't exactly. have seen it and I'll miss that's, out that's on that. that. It's not just that yeah. they missed the movie. It's that they missed the time with their buddies. They missed yeah. the experience. And now they feel inferior on, on Monday you know, my parents were always really strict growing up, and they wouldn't let me watch certain TV shows. They wouldn't let me oh, listen yeah. to radio stations. I was never allowed to listen to like, rap music with cursing. I was never allowed to you know, watch great dark <laughs> movies. And, you know, it wasn't sure. that I really missed out on anything. It was more just right. that, like, I would, I would get made fun of by my friends that I couldn't do those things. You feel like an outsider a little bit. So we try to dig deep to uncover the logical and the emotional reasons behind why they want whatever the thing is. And then is that the main focus of the first 20 minutes? Or then is there anything else that we do during that time to kind of get them to open up? You know, part of it is, you know, you're, you you want to build trust. You know, that's one of them is like there's a technique that I use called one plus one equals trust, where mm. you don't want to go too deep. Like it's your kid or... You know, if you're a company and you're trying to build trust, like, could imagine that if you over-explain how trustworthy you are, then you don't sound trustworthy. So Yeah, right. You're trying too hard. We use, like, a statistic and a co-brand, right? So it's kind of like, in this this role play or in this example, I would say something like, well, you know, the last three times you asked if you could go to the movies, I did say yes, and I let you go to Disney with your friends. So it's not that I'm not open-minded. So it's sort of like Ah. using like statistics or uh, examples Mm. of when you've said yes in the past. And, you know, the last 10 times you asked me to do something, I've told you yes most of the times. You know, so it's just sort of like trying to quantify the trust. I like that. Yeah, yeah. And then the co-brand is just the fact that you mentioned Disney in there well, the co-brand is more what they're doing to you. Like they're saying, like I want to go see the Avengers. It's the number one movie in America, right? They're, they're not really saying I want to watch movies to watch a movie. They're saying I want to go see the Avengers. Like that's them co-branding, and it, it's the number see, yeah. one movie in America. 
like that's the statistic trust like yeah, so yeah, yeah it works kind of both ways in this example um but it's yeah, really hard. interesting like, yeah you could, it's almost like think about like well i let you go to prom so i'll probably let you do this too but i still want to think about it right or you know when you ask me to mm. your, I, I got you the ford you asked for so i'll think about this so just sort of like you don't want to make it about like do you trust me right now it's more about like you should trust me because of our history together. We've got a pre-existing thing here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I love, that's really cool. And that's a great way to do it. It's nice because I hadn't thought about this because in your book, you're really talking about making a sale to a cold, you know, someone who just submitted on your website or, you know, someone who you're talking to pretty much for the first time. But I hadn't thought about it. But it's cool that what you do with your teenager since you have this relationship is that statistic doesn't have to be like, you know, oh, these are our numbers. It can actually be something between the two of you. It can be about exactly. your relationship and about your past performance with this person. And that just it makes it so much stronger to build that trust. That's really cool. So um, let me give you one other little trick that folks can use at the beginning. Like there's a thing called gaining control. Like, you know, ah. in every interaction, usually one person is going to kind of end up being in charge. And one person's going to be the, the kind of the listener and the talker, right? And so sure, yeah. one thing you can do is when you tell someone to do something and they do it, you're sort of the one that takes the lead. Like when I walk my dog, my dog takes the lead, right? Like I don't right, know, right. dog walks me. So what you can do is, and especially like every kid has phones, right? So what you can do is like before you even start, be like, hey, Maya, grab your phone, bring it over here. I want you to write something down. And, and you're telling them to do something and they come over, hey, pull up your notepad. I want to give you a note that you don't forget later. And just by that, because they're going to do it, right, as a kid. Like, so they grab oh, the phone, yeah, sure. go to the notes. What do you need me to write down? You know, and so like by you telling them to do something and them doing it, like you could even say, oh, you want to go to the theater? Grab your phone for me. Pull up the movie in the theater that you're going to go to. I want to see it on the map. Mm. And it's just like a small, subtle thing. But the concept is if I tell you to do something and you do it, that's good, right? Because at the end, I want to tell you to do something that you're going to do. So like when we call yeah. the lead over the phone, you know, a lot of times in the first minute, as soon as they pick up, it's like, oh, hey, Andy, well, do me a favor, man. I've got some information about my company. Can you grab a pen and paper and let me know when you're ready? And then they sure, start yeah, looking right. for that pen and paper and yeah, you can hear yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, totally. And, and, and that's called pattern interrupt. You know, it's sort of like they think you're about mm. to have a conversation with them and then you kind of throw them a curveball and ask them to go grab something or ask them to go do something. And, uh, right. and that's a good way to start the tone. You know, it's even as something as simple as like, Hey, Maya, come here. I want to talk to you. And then she has a light on her room. Hey, go turn your light off before we talk. I want to talk to you about something serious. Ah, yeah. It doesn't even have to be related. And it's small, you know, something that like seems as unobtrusive as possible so that they'll do it and feels natural. But yeah, it just like subtly establishes that power dynamic, I think, in a cool exactly. way. Exactly. Like a lot of real estate agents, they'll, they'll use a trick where let's say they're going to somebody's home to do a listing appointment, you know, and they're, they get invited over. And uh, one of the tricks they'll use is as soon as they get there, they'll say, hey, you know, I came from across town. Would you mind grabbing me a water? And it, it, it doesn't sound unnatural. They're probably thirsty, but it's like if, if one minute in the door I'm telling you to do something and you're doing it, 
That's a good yeah. indicator that when I tell you to sign the contract, you'll do it. So where can people go to find out more about you and these techniques that you're teaching? And, and it sounds like you're working on another book too, which sounds great. So yeah, the way I found out about you was by reading your book, The Conversion Code, which I loved. Yeah, is that, that's is that the best place out, to send people man. to? Audible, Amazon, you know, anywhere you buy books, you can find it. Each of these little techniques is in the book, like... We talked about, you know, feature benefit tie down, you know, and the science of sales. Like it, it's all in there. There's some beautiful graphics and visuals that go along with it. I have a thing in here called the closer's creed. And ah. I actually think it's really relevant because it, it, this was not meant to be like, I never even thought about this for parents until right now. But l let me read the closer's creed to you because I think it applies and I never even thought about it. But like, the first part of the Closer's Creed is that yes is not an accident. Yes has happened on purpose. The next one is that conversations create clothings. So what that means is that like if, it, if it's not a conversation, if it's a monologue, not a duologue, I can't right. convince them to buy, right? Here's another one. Dig deep or go to sleep. You know, if you're not willing to really go deep with the, your kids' true goals and true motivations, you might as well not even wake up and have the conversation with them. The other one is you're in charge. Let's be honest. These are your kids. Uh, in charge. A lot of yeah. times it feels like they're in charge and you have to <laughs> you're in charge. The last one is every word counts. And hopefully that's what I was mm -hmm. able to convey today is that if you'll be a surgeon and you'll be surgical with your approach, you'll get better results than just hacking and using an ax and kind of spraying and praying. So hopefully the conversion code yeah. can create some better parents and some better teenagers. Because, you know, uh, like you say, every word counts and you matter. And I think that's a, a great takeaway is just that parents really can have some, some serious influence. We're finding it in our research. And I think these techniques that you lay out in your book and that we talked about here today are a great framework that people can use to have more impact. And I, I really hope people go and check out your book to get more information about it and really excited for your next book as well. It sounds great. Thank you. I appreciate it, man. Yeah, I've got my first book was called People Work. That's about how to put people first in a digital world. So that one, I think, could, could help a lot of people. My latest book is just called, it's an e-book. It's just a little side project called Death of a Sales Force. And I just talk about how much of a grind it is to be in sales, to get told no all the time, how it impacts your health, how it impacts your marriage, how it impacts your mindset. And, uh, you know, there's a very famous play called Death of a Salesman. And there's yeah, a very yeah. famous company called Salesforce. Uh, so we wrote a book called <laughs> Death of a Salesforce. And uh, it's going to be good. So people can go to Curator anytime to check that out. Curator.com. We're here with Chris Smith talking about his book, The Conversion Code, and how you can apply his sales tactics with teenagers. And we're not done yet. Here's a look at what's coming up in the second half of the show. The benefit, Maya, to cleaning your room 
is that if you do and you do it well, I'll let you invite your friend over afterwards. Okay? <laughs> so so now we've gone from a clean room being my goal, but yeah. I align that with her goal, which is her friend coming over. So, and then all you do at the end is you just get them to agree that that's what they want. Once you get them to agree, that's like when in sales, that's when we close. Okay. So it's sort of like, okay, they agreed that the feature benefited them, but now I need their credit card number. I don't need a script to remember right. to do feature benefit tie down and then to foreshadow the next steps. You, it does become natural, but it's just like any other language, right? You're trying to learn how to talk to teens. You're trying to learn a new language. And if you yeah, want to go right. Portuguese or Spanish, you better get an app. You better get a book. You better get a podcast. You better go full immersion for like a year. Well, that's yeah. going to be, I think it's harder to talk to a team than it might be to speak another language. So just approach it that yeah. way. Like You've got to practice. You've got to read about it. You've got to try. And, and just the fact people are listening and watching this, we know they care or they wouldn't even be tuning in. Think about it this way, Andy. I've sold loans and shoes and software and vacations, and yep. the process has not changed. Like the framework for getting to a yes does not change based on the industry product or price point. When when I coach a salesperson, like I can go in there right now and listen to a sales call, and I can not even talk to the lead. And whenever they say something, I can hit mute so they don't hear me. I can tell my salesperson exactly what to say based on what they said. They can say it exactly what I told them to say, and it works every time. <laughs> Want to hear the full interview? Sign up for a subscription today. You get unlimited access to all the interviews I've conducted. It's completely affordable, and your subscription helps support the work we do here at Talking to Teens. Thanks for listening. I'll see you next time.